Hello and welcome to Snap Trek, the Star Trek podcast where we compare two episodes of the most fantastic franchise in the universe, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I am joined by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hi, Ross. Hi, everybody. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's good, it's good to be here today. We have a very, very special topic today, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, it's a pretty important one today. Yeah. So, well, we'll get to it then. We'll go for it. Very unusual. I don't think I know this game. What's it called? Chula. What are the rules? Usually we compare the episodes using a variety of categories, and for each category we select a scene or a character or an idea or a prop which we think is great, and we award a point to the answer which we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. We play just for fun, there are no prizes, but the aim is to have a really excellent conversation about Star Trek and consider some episodes from a different point of view. If you'd like to get in contact with SnapTrek, you can find us on Twitter at SnapTrek. We are always pleased to receive your poems, your ideas for categories, or your opinions on the episodes. If you want to get in touch with me, I am Taborg at STRTRK1701. And Jen, how can everyone get in touch with you? And I'm also on Twitter. I'm at EDECWorks. So, a little bit somber now, Jen. Of course, the theme of this episode is Nog, mm-hmm. because we very sadly lost Aaron Eisenberg this week. And so to recognize his great work on Deep Space Nine and his contribution to Star Trek, we're going to compare two episodes which prominently feature the wonderful Nog. It's, 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 a, it's for a sad reason, but I'm, I'm glad we get to explore the character of Nog, because, I mean, which character in all of Star Trek has had, has had a, a better arc than, than Nog, and more unexpected, uh, more change than Nog? You know, he's His is character. the arc. Really and is. what I love is the two episodes we've picked really sort of show you both ends of that journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's terrible that we're, terrible the reason that we're doing it, but I'm glad we are doing it. And, uh, I like to think that Aaron Eisenberg will get a kick out of us enjoying the two episodes, which he really strongly features in this week. You know, by all accounts, he seems to have been as as wonderful a person as he appears. You know, on Twitter, on Twitter, and at conventions and things. And and it's 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 such a loss for the Star Trek community, and also you know, obviously for his family and friends, and and the world in general. It's it's, it's always so sad when when a person so full of energy and, and light you know, is, is taken away, especially, you know, and, uh, but, but, you know, especially someone so young. (sighs) What I really liked about Aaron Eisenberg was on Twitter, you could tell he was one of the good guys and you could see that he was always, he was always sort of standing up or retweeting stuff. You thought that is, that's good stuff. You know, we need more of that in the world. He was always on the right side, sort of quite progressive ideas. And I I really appreciated that. All of of our thoughts, all of our thoughts are with, you know, his family and, and friends and loved ones at this time. And yeah, he, he I, I was lucky enough to meet him once um, at a convention. And I, I, I want to say like 2000, 2001 ish. Um, and, uh, and we talked for quite a while. He was really one of, you know, he would, he would, he was so, genuinely a nice, 
person, you know, and, and, and we, we had a really nice conversation. Um, and then I saw him a few months later at another convention and he remembered me by name. Oh my God. That's you know, so which amazing. I thought was, was a really nice, you know, how, like, like how many people, you know, do, does he talk to at these conventions, you know, and, and for him to, to, to have, you know, actually taken the time to, you know, you know, to remember me was, uh, you know, it was really nice. Like what a genuinely yeah, nice guy. That is really nice. And that's my experience with him. I, I never met him. I, I've seen him from a distance at conventions, but I've, I never met him and I, I regret not taking the opportunity at the time. I got him to sign my, um, my Deep Space Nine that companion. And, and there's, there's some really nice pictures. Like when, when I, you know, I always fret over where mm-hmm. I want everyone to sign it, you know, like what's, what's the, the best representation of their character and everything. And then there's some really good pictures of Nog and there's a little excerpt about, you know, the Frangie and about Nog and the character and everything. But, but I had, there's, and, and then for, it's always a paper, it's only a paper moon. There's just like a little tiny picture of like him and Vic, but I had him signed by that one. It's like, that's your, that's, you know, your best, (laughs) the best nog. Uh, Yeah. So I had him signed by the, it's the picture and it's only a paper moon, even though there's, there's way better nog pictures (laughs) in the book, but (laughs) that's the one, you know, that, that's to me, you know, the best moment. I had a, I've got a a copy of um, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, the Academy, the comic book. And on issue number one, He's on the front cover. Nog is on the front cover. And I've also got a comic that he wrote, which has a photograph of him on. And I had in mind that in, at some point in the future, I was going to get him to sign those. I, I get a, yeah. I've got a couple of comic books oh. signed. And it is just sort of a, a little mini tragedy that that'll never happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and, the, and that's funny too, because I didn't, I didn't even know that, that he had written yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, I'll have to try to, try to find a copy of that until you, you mentioned that. Yeah. So that, that's so cool. All right. So, what episodes are we comparing today? Well, you should go first. We'll keep it in chronological order. So, well, I was lucky enough to watch Deep Space Nine, season three, episode thirteen, "Heart of Stone." Excellent. And I was lucky enough to watch series seven, episode ten. It's only a paper moon, which is the the definitive Nog episode. And I think these two episodes will really work together because we see Nog at one end of his Starfleet career and then much later on at the other end or midway, really, for the character because we don't know what he went on to do to become Captain Nog, perhaps. Um, but such... It, Captain Nog is canon. It is canon, of course. From <laughs> In, my yeah. In my mind. Yes, it counts. Yeah. It counts. He definitely is Captain um, <laughs> And so so great that we're going to talk about these. Commander... I would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I can't wait to see what he's come up with. We often begin with sort of a lyrical recap of the episodes, but have you got a, what, what have you come up with this week, uh, Jen? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of just more did a a, a nog, a general uh, nog. General uh, nog? No, 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 no. Oh. Captain nog. General <laughs> nog. <laughs> Captain Nog. <laughs> just more, yeah. Just, just a, a mm-hmm. poem about Nog and uh, the character no, uh, instead of the episode. So, all right, here we go. A young Ferengi running wild, growing up on Deep Space Nine. When first we meet our hero Nog, he's an accomplice to a crime. But first impressions sometimes lie. All he needed was a chance. With support from Rom and Cisco's trust, he overcame his circumstance. He learned to read and studied hard and used his natural gifts. 
his father's hands, his uncle's tenacity, his humor, his kindness. Courage comes in many sizes, as to Martok he once showed, and Nog, our hero, proved it time again through sacrifice and growth. We all must play the hand we're dealt. Today it's Glebenine and Fog. As we say farewell to Starfleet's first Ferengi, our dear friend, Captain Nog. Jen, that was, that's really touching, Jen. I'm like, I'm holding it back in. That was lovely. That was really yeah. nice. <laughs> I, yeah. I love Nog so much. And, and you know, and I just think about where he started. He was literally just running wild on the promenade. You know, they catch him in, in the middle of a crime. <laughs> and that's our introduction to this character. He's, yeah, in he's emissary. right there in the first episode, isn't he? And then to go from that. Yeah, and he and you know when Cisco doesn't want his son hanging out with him, he thinks he's a bad influence. And then going from that to what he grew into is just ugh. Oh, no. What character development? What a yeah. surprise! What a wonderful surprise his character was, and is and, and you know and Aaron Eisenberg's portrayal of of Nog like made it so so good, made it real. You know, ugh, so wonderful. Okay. All right. So, what is your? Did, what did you do for for your lyric recap? Well, I also felt like maybe you know lyric <laughs> recaps weren't appropriate for this episode. <laughs> so, I I did a sort of a little haiku as a as a, for the episode, but I also have this. Have you, you've obviously seen the DS Nine documentary. I've heard yes. you talk about it on podcasts. Um, <laughs> I can't shut up about it. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. <laughs> I, I wanted just to read out, first of all, the Aaron Eisenberg's uh, quote. He, he has a little, uh, he talks about, he talks about being on Deep Space Nine and how, what it meant to him. And it's just really, it's really perfect. And I think it's really fitting here. So this is when he's been asked what he left behind. And he replied, I will forever be part of this. No one can take that away from me. So when you ask me what I've left behind, I can't think I've left anything behind because it's still here with me every day. That's wonderful. Which I th- it is lovely. And it was a nice thing. And I remember during the so actual lovely. documentary, he's getting really emotional about this. You can see it yes. in his face. I remember that really strong memory of that. And then just a, a little haiku for the episode. Okay. Vic's Las Vegas Lounge. Nog's virtual hideaway as he plays his hand. Oh, that was beautiful. Uh, it was it was really hard to, to think of what to do and just to be solemn and, you know, just yeah. respect what's going on. Oh, that was really nice. I like that. It said a lot in just a few syllables, mm-hmm. you know. Haiku <laughs> can, can be so powerful. Uh, it was, I spent really a long like time that. thinking of just what to write in that. So... God, I'm feeling totally mush. I really am. Just haven't haven't talked to you for even just a few minutes. Oh, me too. <laughs> okay, let's let's crack on. Let's do this. We've okay. got round yes. one. What do, what do you want to pick for category number one? Okay, so I'll just mention though before we start our categories that uh, while I am doing the episode Heart of Stone, uh, all of our categories today are gonna are just gonna focus on uh, the the plot. Uh, the of Nog's plot of uh, trying to get Cisco to recommend him for Starfleet. Uh, so yeah, so I, which is it's really funny because this is such a memorable uh, uh, storyline here, and this is such a uh, but but this is actually I, I think technically the B plot of the episode. You know the the A plot is is uh, if if you don't remember, it's this is the one where uh, Kara and Odo get trapped in the cave, and and Kara slowly being con- you know covered by this 
supposedly being covered by this crystal higher going higher and higher until you know until she's covered and then we you know we find out it it's not as Mm -hmm. it seems but and there and there's some good things there there's some um uh, that we'll have to talk about another time. There's there's uh, the story of Odo's name, <laughs> which is heartbreaking and wonderful, you know, and and, and Odo's uh, <laughs> uh, sickest of the, <laughs> the sickest self own of all time happens in this episode when Odo realizes what's going on <laughs> because <laughs> Kara, the imposter Kara, uh, says she loves him and that can't possibly be true, and that's how he figures <laughs> out <laughs> that something's amiss. that's that's real tragic sick cell phone um but so yeah so but but we're not going to focus on that today we're today we're focusing on uh the nog plot which is amazing and rightly so and rightly so today yeah okay Okay. so our first category let's start off with uh the best nog one-liner okay what do you got i had a uh, the two really nicely stood out for me um one sort of midway through the episode where Vic has just thrown Nog out of the bar for fighting with Jake. Um, Nog's back in their shared room up in uh, room 107. Um, and Vic's, for some reason, he's also stressing a little about bookkeeping. And Vic says to Nog, do you know anything about bookkeeping? And Nog replies with a massive smile on his face, I'm a Frankie. It's in our blood. I was like, yes, that's it. Enjoy this. This is what you've got from being right. a friend. Just enjoy <laughs> it. Enjoy that for a moment because you can totally do this. And, and I like that because it was a really it was nice that he just like owned being a Ferengi and he owned all the skills he'd acquired, you know, from working with his uncle and working in the bar. So I really like that. But the actual line I chose uh, was right towards the end of the episode after after Nog has has left has left the Hollow Suite. He goes back to have a word with Vic and thank him for all the help that he gave him and just letting him live there and just helping him come to terms with what's going on. And he tells Vic that he's had a word with Quark and Vic's going to be running 26 hours a day from now on. Because that's one of the things that Vic really loved about spending time with Nog was that he felt he got to live as well. Beyond just a, a show or an evening or a meal, he spent time doing things which he'd never got the chance to do. So Rom, uh, Rom, Nog gives him that opportunity, which I thought was wonderful. And then Vic says, I don't know what to say. And Nog replies, just put her there, Pally, and say you'll always save a seat for me up front. And I thought, that's great. It's such a nice thing to do. He's using like Vic's 1950s lingo, which I thought was great. Aww. And it's just so positive. And it's sort of, I'm going to, you've done so much for me. I'm going to do something for you. I really liked it. I thought it was a great line. So just, just put it there, Pally. Yeah. And you could totally see Nog, Nog being sweet enough to, to think of doing that, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to repay. Yeah. Um, to repay Vic for everything he's done for him, and absolutely, and he's yeah, oh, that's a great one. And yeah, I love that he gets into the. He always he he, he really got into the swing of the sixties. Uh, oh my god, absolutely <laughs> lingo and the, and the outfits and yeah, the, yeah and everything. And he's um, so yeah, that's a really good pick. I like that one a lot. So what good. did you go for for best Nog one liner? Okay, so the best one in here is a, it's a pretty famous 
famous line. Um, and I just love it. Every, it, I just love it every time I hear it. It's, uh, this is, this is towards the beginning. Uh, you know, not gets a meeting with, with Cisco. He just shows up in ops. I love it. And, yeah, and and that's a and he's got a pretty good one liner with with O'Brien too. He's like, "Told you he'd see me," <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, so he goes in and and he you know and he's he's trying to he's trying to do things uh, the way a, a Frankie would mm-hmm. you know he he just had his his ceremony where he be, you know Frankie culture he be, he's now a man and he needs to buy an internship from someone he admires. So he and he picks Cisco and he just he just hands him the latinum and he says. You know, he says, you know, I want to be, I want to join Starfleet, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he stands up a little straighter, does a little Picard maneuver with his shirt, pulls his shirt down <laughs> a little and says, now, who do I see about getting a uniform? Yes. <laughs> I just love it. I knew he said that. I'd forgotten he says it in that episode. I'm like, oh, this is where it comes from. Yeah. I don't care a bit later on. But he's just like very brave. Like, so you get me, you see him sorted out with an outfit yeah, now? Is that right? <laughs> That is a really good line. I like it. Yeah, it's just very, yeah, very like you know, not understanding the process or how it works. Just very, you know, very confident, very ready to go, yeah. and, and it's just such a great line because this goes just like, "Is this really happening right now?" It was like, really what do strange. I say to this? And, <laughs> and it's like it doesn't work uh, that I way. Did, dog. I, I've totally <laughs> forgotten how because Cisco takes it quite seriously. All the way through, apart from at the beginning, where he's sort of like, "Is this really happening? Is this is this supposed to be like a joke?" Um, but I love that he takes it quite seriously. <laughs> yeah, but it is so good because you wouldn't have thought it. Would like, what you? do I do with that? You wouldn't have thought Nog would want to join Starfleet, but the fact that he's come to you to ask for an apprenticeship—that mm-hmm. you know—that's a big deal in itself. Right. I suppose that's going to start sort of solidifying how seriously he's taking this. That this is this is a big deal for him. Yeah, I like that. I like. Right. Yeah. It's quite, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not knowing his motivation for wanting to do it. So not knowing if this is, is this a trick? Is this, you know, or it's just the, just like the flavor of the week, you know, some people want yep. to, you know, one week, you know, someone might want to be an astronaut the next week they want to be a, you know, doctor is, you know, <laughs> know like know. how serious is he, you know, he's, he's you literally like a bundle of, of latinum. Yeah. <laughs> like now I'm in, now totally I'm in Starfleet, get me a uniform. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where's my uniform? <laughs> so, love it. <laughs> yeah that is so funny it's, okay. yeah it just shows how far he has to go you know but uh yeah so points points wise though i actually really i love the i love the uniform line i think that's great so I, my point mm-hmm. is gonna go there i i really do like that line uh and i was surprised to see it in this episode but i i, I still like that it shows nog is still being quite idealist and quite unrealistic and that well, all the work right. he's got to do is in front of him, but he's got the he's got the I don't know the lobes to try it out. It's the wrong word, but he, he's going to give it a go. You know, he's giving it his all. So I really like that. I'm going to give it to the uniform line. Yeah, I like that too. And he tries like he always, you know, he tries to shake hands yeah. with Cisco. You know, because so he kind of like knows a little bit well. about about the human about, human culture. And he's like, that's what they do. They shake through, hands. He tries to shake his hand again and Cisco doesn't shake his hand. And I was like, yes. Oh, I'm yes. not sure. How, how do you pull off not shaking someone's hand back? Cisco's right. face is just like, right. come on. No, you, For Cisco. you can't keep shaking my hand. I can't keep agreeing to this. And it was so well done. Right. I, I was really proud of that. Oh, that's, 
funny yeah so well done yeah so my my point's going to heart of stone on this one i love the line i love him getting into the 60s lingo i love his interactions with with thick or me i I love it uh but but what put this one over the edge as far as points go for me is him doing the little tuck the the little um pull down of his shirt before he says it (laughs) getting himself all like yeah, I thought that was a little clever move there. That he, you know, like, just his, his delivery of that line was was just so brilliant. Uh, of the who do I see yeah, in my uniform <laughs> was such a great delivery. Nice. So yeah, so my point's going to Heart of Stone too. So two for okay, Heart then. of Stone in the first round. Right, okay. Okay, what's our next category? Okay, let's go for because I've got Rom on the brain. I keep wanting to say Rom every time I say Nog. So let's go for <laughs> best father son moment. What's your what's yes. the best father son moment in Heart of Stone? Okay, so there there's there's a couple scenes with 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 Ram and Nog in this one, and um, you, you know you see them fixing the replicator together, and this is you see Nog, you know, witness uh, just how unappreciated his father is, uh, t- how taken advantage of he is mm-hmm. uh, by Quark, you know. Um, but uh, but I picked the later scene at the very end nog manages to convince cisco to give him the recommendation and uh quark doesn't want nog to join starfleet and what the moment i picked was rom sticking up for nog here um and you know saying you know he's my son and what i say goes and and i'd be proud i'd be proud to have a starfleet officer as for a son so good luck you know he says good luck and um and Rom sticking up for Nog here, it was, it's just, it's just such a, it was mm-hmm. such a nice moment. He, he legitimately just wants better for his son. Um, we've seen this before. We see it was the same thing when, um, when Keiko was opening up her school, and 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 Rom decided to let Nog go to the school. You know, you, you can see like he really just wants better for his son. Absolutely. And and they they have such a such a lovely relationship. And and at the very end, you know, Nog he, he gets a handshake. With, you know, we're talking about the handshake. Mm-hmm. He he shakes Rom's hand and you know puts his and puts his hand over it. You know, in a loving loving gesture. And and he says like father like son. And I just, I just thought, I think that's such a lovely moment for those two characters, and I love their relationship. I, I, I absolutely love that scene. I loved that Rom stood up for yeah, Quark. So it takes a lot for Rom to do that. Yeah, and there's, ve- you know, before <laughs> yes. the later seasons, there's very few occasions when Rom will stand up to Quark. But I always think when it's actually important to do so, he will. Oh and yeah, he, wa- he wasn't going to let Quark have his say over this, and I really like right. that, and I really appreciated it. Yep. Um, so I'm going to sort of bookend then what you've just said. So mm-hmm. for best father and son movement in uh, it's only a paper moon. I'll be honest. Rom seems quite awkward all the way through this episode. So when Nog first arrives, yeah. he's so nervous and initially barely even speaks to him. I think he says two words and then Nog leaves. They have a really stilted conversation in Vic's lounge, and it's compounded to Rom that Nog is probably going crazy because he's making hollow sweet dollars rather than any actual money or doing anything <laughs> useful. Um, like you know, this is hollow sweet money, right? <laughs> yeah, this isn't real money, and and Nog just completely ignores that. He doesn't sort of try and justify. He's just like, yeah, I know, and then just walks off and carry on doing it. Um, the scene I've picked 
I know what that's like to get so into into your video games. You really? Know, you care that it's not real money. You know? you're, you're, just... you're making rupees from uh, from <laughs> the Legend to... of Zelda. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I've got nine hundred ninety nine rupees. <laughs> <laughs> I was just playing Breath of the Wild today. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, Exactly. The scene I picked is where it's again it's at the very end. It's one of the it's where Lita and Rom are explaining to Quark that Nog seems better, and then Nog comes down the stairs, mm-hmm. and Rom just says hi, and then Nog says hi, and he tells Lita, Rom, and Quark that he's not okay, but that he will be okay, and then he leans in and Quark, Lita. Rom and Nog all share a big family hug. And then it fades out to the last couple of scenes. And I was just like, yeah. it's perfect uh, because it says a you know, uh, it says a lot about Rom, because Rom obviously mm-hmm. cares a lot about what's going on with Nog. Lita's now part of that family as well. And it's nice that Nog's accepted her as like one of the family as well. But it also and, and this is this is why I love Quark's character so much. It makes yes. Quark a little more personable and human. He's there as well. He's glad that Nog's okay, and he supports Nog through this process by helping out with the Hollow Suite. And it's very and generous Quark's of him. Part of this as well. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk about this. <laughs> um, but I always think that throughout Deep Space Nine, all of the major characters, and even some of the minor ones like Nog, they start off in one place and they move somewhere very different. The only character who doesn't move at all is Quark. <laughs> he stays exactly where he is from beginning to the end. But I feel like he grows much more as a person. You, you see that growth internally in him. And that, that perhaps his next seven seasons, he'll be very different. And so I, I always like that. And I like this scene to sort of call back to that bit. Oh, yeah. And and, the, and just the way that Quark took care of Nog uh, during during the, the, the Siege of AR-558. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how he was there. But that's a really powerful Quark and Nog. Um, they, they call back to it in the episode when you yeah. see you see Nog lying there. I I, I I I say this fairly often. I haven't watched Deep Space Nine for such a long time. I'm waiting for my my grand rewatch. Your yeah, rewatch. But the yeah. siege of AR five five eight. I'd forgotten that Quark was there, and so I'm looking at the flashback and yeah. I can see Quark sitting there. I was like, oh yeah, he was there. I haven't. I can't remember any of the details, yeah. about what, but he was there. Um, and and he, and he advocates for for Nog throughout the whole episode. Like he does. He's a great. He's a great yeah. uncle in that episode. But he's. I think. I think he's a great uncle in this episode as well. Yeah, absolutely. He does it in the Ferengi style. Yeah, and I agree with you that that family group hug at the end is so powerful. It's it's such a, it's so well done. It's I really love it. Good. I, I love their little family, the little Ferengi mm-hmm. family. <laughs> Who would have thought, know. you know, <laughs> when we first met the Frangi in Next Gen, that we would have this wonderful That's little so family full of characters that are so different and so wonderful and beloved. And yeah, that's a great scene and a great moment. I love it. Absolutely. Oh, man. Um, For points. For points, I think I'm... Hmm. I'm going. I'm going with the heart of stone scene mm-hmm. because I think this is a big part of the Ram and Nog arc of yeah. them advocating for each other and 
you know, being supportive of each other and not, mm-hmm. not supportive of Rom too, of Rom bettering himself too. And, and, and they have a, a really nice relationship here. And, and, and just at the end, uh, that, that, that father son handshake at the end. Um, mm, I think n- not, like not father, re- like son, uh, that gets me, that gets me. So that's my point. Nog's recognition that his dad could have been something more than he is now if he right. wasn't a Ferengi or wasn't or the Ferengi culture wasn't so focused on profit is really telling. And it's nice that in yeah. later episodes Yeah, we'll be talking about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, Rom explore that. Anyway, I, I yeah. think for me, because it's all about the, the the big family and you know, them coming together as a group, I am gonna pick Paper Moon. Because I just it was it was a really yeah. touching scene. It's a good, I really it's liked a good it. One. It's hard to Such a good because I, I feel like both these scenes are so connected. Uh, so mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to pick. But I'm going to go for Paper Moon, and because it, it was really really right in the feels. Right in the feels. <laughs> yeah. Right in the feels. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay, for round three, I think we're going to go with uh, the best conversation about Nog in the episode. What do you have in Paper Moon? The best conversation about Nog. So first of all, I I was the amount that people spent talking about Nog when he was <laughs> you have there a lot was to pick from the, in your episode. The entire episode was literally about Nog in a way that I think few other episodes are about any other character. Right. All they talked Especially about a character was Nog that's not from a start main, to finish. You know, one of the yeah. main characters. Yes. I love, uh, I love it, that. It was, it was really great. I love the fact they were all there to meet him at the beginning and they were all yes. like really enthusiastic and sort of trepidatious about seeing him. I mean, there were so many conversations. Ezri talks to Vic about what's going on um, multiple times. The, the, it's just so much chat about Rom. Oh, God, I called him Rom again. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. But I'm bummed. You can't not so pun. Be- like, like the- no, I know. <laughs> especially to- when it's trying to cover my terrible <laughs> whatever's going on with my uh, my speech. Oh, um, I love it. So my favorite conversation about Nog was where the entire crew the entire crew is in the wardroom and they're not talking about the Dominion, they're not talking about the war, they're not talking about the front lines. Yes. They are all talking about Nog. And it starts hilariously with Rom sort of screaming. Oh, uh, he's so beloved. Like, they're all so concerned about him. They all love him so much. Yeah. It's all, they, yeah. they really uh, care the whole, about it. It's him. like the whole senior staff. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead. But it starts off with, with Rom screaming, my son is insane. He's a one-legged <laughs> crazy man, which was a, a funny way to start what turned into, you know, quite a serious right. conversation. But they kept it light all the yeah. way through. Because the next thing is like a an hilarious attack on Bashir's choice of holiday <laughs> programs, and they all sort of get a jibe in, and he gets increasingly more like, "Whoa, whoa, come on!" Uh, like, um, yes, they but, all they all are ridiculous. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I love Bashir, <laughs> man. He's got some ridiculous. But, I know programs. that's how he spends his free time. Um, <laughs> hey, y'all like what you like? <laughs> they. I always tell my kids different people like different things, and that's okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, you judge a man by his video collection. You, you can't tell. You can't tell. 
Um, eventually, Esri justifies Nog's presence on the holodeck, and Bashir supports her I as like that. a therapeutic technique. Yeah, yeah and I, I thought you know, <laughs> and that is the psychological and the medical coming together. That's that's right. important. That's how it should work. Uh, and he, he loves her. <laughs> he does love her, but let's hope that he's you know he's putting. Oh, of course. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course, for sure. Um, well, and as and, Ez- and Esri, this is a really strong episode for Esri too. Uh, I mean, she she is. does wonderful in this episode, giving him room, letting him make his own decisions, like but being there yeah. for him. And she's there, oh, there is, amazing. I'd love for her to be the, my you know therapist. The, there's <laughs> one bit where Vic is trying to tell her that he feels it's he's out of his depth, and she's like yeah. she doesn't believe him, and that's and he's like I wish she's taken that a bit more seriously. And I thought she needed to have come to it a bit more then and been like, okay, let's chat about what's going on and plan what to do. But Vic, but she trusted Vic yeah. to make the right decision because Vic is a legend in his own time, you know, and they all agreed to that. It was Cisco's <laughs> yes. idea to let Vic know what's happening. I'm like, wow, you know, they're letting him live in the holodeck, yeah. but they're also making the hologram his per- his like personal therapist. And then at the very end, Quark questions who's going to pay for the holo suite, but he knows full well he's going to pay for the holo suite. And he, and he, he <laughs> He can't. He can't volunteer it. It's not the friendly way. He knows as long as there's a legitimate way that he can uh, seem like he has to do it, he'll just pay so for funny. it. Because in reality, he does love Nog very much, so he will pay for all of it. So that that conversation in the wardroom, it was massive. Oh, yeah. It was one hundred percent about Nog, and it was it was important, but it was also very funny. Yep. Uh, I, I thought it was brilliant. That's a really that's what a great your... choice. That's a great scene. I like you know, I just just shows how much they all really care about Nog and they, mm-hmm. they just want what's best for him and they you know, they have this meeting. Uh you're right, during you know, when there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of important things happening, but this is important too, and Nog is important to all of them. And it's it's it, it's a lovely scene and it's you're right, they managed to convey a lot of serious things with you with a lot of humor too. It's it's yeah. well written. Um, it's extremely well written and i love the way they uh what they decide you know they decide let him lead take the lead in his own recovery you know because you can't just force people to i think that's very real you can't just force people to quote unquote get better (laughs) if they have ptsd if they have you know if if if, with anything really so it's it's that's great choice what's your choice for best conversation yeah, so for Heart of Stone, uh, there are um, a couple conversations that Cisco uh, and Dax have. Cisco uh, lets let's Jedzia know that, um, oh, that's sad. We have a Jedzia and an Ezri episode. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I love Ezri, mm. I do, but uh, now I'm sad <laughs> again. Um, okay, so what's I talking about? Okay, yeah, so... He, he, you know, Cisco comes up with this test for Nog, and I think I think that was a really good idea, a good way to do it. You know, see see if he how hard he can work, what he can actually do if he's actually serious. And he decides, okay, you you can take inventory in Cargo Bay Twelve. You know, mm-hmm. um, and Cisco's given him legit, giving him a real shot here, um, a real fair shake. You know, a real chance to prove himself um, because the, because of the reaction that Jadzia has, which is like um that's there's a lot of valuable equipment there like are you sure you don't want me to assign you know a team to help Mm -hmm. him you know so it seems like this is like cisco's legitimately 
giving him a chance to to prove himself here. Um, and the the conversation of the two that I picked though isn't that one. I picked the one after he uh, surveys the the cargo bay, inventories the cargo bay, um, and this is Jedzia mm-hmm. and and Cisco going over the results, and they're both really really surprised actually <laughs> about what how well he did about what a hard worker he was he did it quickly he did it um efficiently he did it yeah. uh better than they did <laughs> they said uh, jesse says you know they found he found some things that we missed when we inventory the cargo bay uh, and then uh and then cisco talks about then he asked the question he's like he's like oh, i gotta ask you know, did he, you know, is there anything missing? You know, and he, you could tell he like, he didn't want to ask, but then he also thought maybe there was a possibility. Like he had to, you know, and he was like, no, nope, everything. Yeah, it could be yeah like deep. everything's accounted for. Like it, it, legit, he did this. Nobody else entered the cargo bay during this time. He did this by himself in, you know, in like a, a, a record time. You know, it only took yeah, five, five hours, five hours, yeah, yeah. something like that. With the value, you know, nothing's broken, nothing's stolen, everything's great. He did it, and they're both a little surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the but the thing that's nice about that scene is that's that's the scene where Cisco then, uh, now that that hurdle's crossed, you can see he he's like going through in his mind. He's like, okay, now the only thing left is why. Yeah. Why is he doing this? And this is when, you know, Cisco kind of forms a plan of like, well, I'm going to have to try to get him to, you know, to open up and see if he, you know, and see if there really is a legit (laughs) reason that he's doing this, you know, if if he's legit or if he's, you know, just trying to pull one over. This this could have been an easy out for Cisco. If Nog had failed to complete this task, if he completed the task badly, that's one thing. If he'd done something unscrupulous, that's an entire other thing. But this was this was Cisco's real easy out. <laughs> like, if this isn't going to work, if you can't do tasks that you'll be assigned yeah. to Starfleet, then I can't I can't recommend you to Starfleet. But he did give he did give Nog a task, which I'd have thought Nog is probably particularly good at, having worked uh, worked on Deep Space Nine, you know, and and been part of his uncle's sort of business empire for quite a long time. I thought inventory is something he definitely would know how to do. So. He was giving him like you could do this really well, so I appreciate him giving him that shot. Right? Uh, yeah, uh, and it is, you know, he has to question Nog's motives because up until this point, he's never really he's never really been challenged by Nog in in what right. Nog's personality or motivations are. He, right. All the way through the series, Nog has always been sort of that semi bad influence. <laughs> And occasionally, I think Cisco's been surprised, especially when he caught uh, Jake and Ro- Jake and Nog reading. Oh, I love that, that scene. Is, that I mean, that is like that is going to make me cry every single yep. time because that is that is really, really touching. It's really nice. Cisco's proved wrong in the best possible way, and you know he was challenged then, but still, you know, to to make a recommendation that you know it's good that he was doing that, but to make a recommendation of stuff, it's a whole other thing. Yeah, and he has to like really think about it. So I really like I like your pick. It's good, and it's sort of it's honest, a nice honest pick about why you know what about Nog? All mm. right, but points wise, mine my point this round is definitely going to Paper Moon. I that's that scene in the wardroom is is so well done in every way, and every character has a little moment. 
the the scene in the wardroom is just mwah, it's just so yeah. good it's and it's just so it's, funny it's lovely how much they all legitimately care about this person that they all love and and yeah and there's humor and it's 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 wonderful yeah so paper moon for me how about you i am also unsurprisingly gonna go for paper moon that scene <laughs> i think i mean it's a standout scene it's a standout scene. It's a good scene. You know, it's it does everything you want. You want a great TV scene to do. So I am right there for it. Yep. Okay, so we are tied up. Ooh. So Heart of Stone has three, and Paper. It's always it's only a Paper Moon has three. Okay. Okay. So, all right. What's our next category? Let's go for. We've had best nog one line. Let's go for best nog speech. What's the best nog speech? Okay. Well, this is obviously uh, for Heart of Stone, uh, the speech where Cisco uh, tries to get it out of Nog why he wants to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, why? Why do you want to be in Starfleet? Is this, you know, and and then the the Nog speech about, you know, this isn't a joke, it's not a scheme. Um, You know, Cisco kind of like baits him into opening up, you know, by getting. Like, oh, you can't cut it, you, you know, in Starfleet, but, you know, and anything to get some, fine, you know, just say it, say, say what, what's on your mind, say why you want to do this. Um, and, you know, he finally, he blurts out because I don't want to end up like my father, mm. you know, which is a, a very powerful statement in and of itself. Like, like to, to, cause that's not something he, you could tell that's not something he wanted to say out no. loud to anyone. That's very powerful. You know, it, the calls back or. Er- it's a very personal thing to say. And he loves Rom. He's not trying to say, you know, that, that he's not trying to say anything bad about Rom, you know? And that's why it, 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 or there's an earlier scene with Nog and Jake and, and Jake's like, you know, why do you want to join Starfleet? And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. It's personal. You know, he doesn't, doesn't want to admit that to, to his best friend, Jake, you know? So, but Cisco gets him to, to blurt that out. And then it all comes flooding out into this wonderful, this wonderfully written speech, this wonderfully acted speech about how, you know, he's not cut out for profit. His dad wasn't cut out for profit. He does, he, he sees every day Rom's potential being wasted and he doesn't want that for his life. So he's very passionate about this and determined and wants to he do something that's going to make a difference it's really really right. through right and 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 just and and it's oh gosh it's such a such a well-acted well-written speech and it and and i i mean it's very easy to relate to in many for many uh-huh. different situations you know just just that's part of growing up you know <laughs> um wanting to wanting to live up to what you know your potential is and what you can do and realizing what you're not good at too you know realizing he doesn't have he's Mm -hmm. he doesn't have the lobes for business rom doesn't and nog realizes he doesn't either and that's not what he wants and starfleet is what he wants and he wants it so bad that he's going to do whatever it takes to make it happen and 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 i am completely unsurprised that that speech um you know, cause Cisco to, to change his mind and say, of course, yeah, I'll write the recommendation letter. You know, <laughs> how could he not after that speech, you know, it was yeah. wonderful. It, it wonderful. Was, it's so good. So it wonderful. is just like, it's the moment, isn't it? When yeah. the whole, the whole sequence of events and episode comes together, it's really, really perfect. And it's so powerful. Oh, so and good. It, I mean, it just really leads on to my choice as well, which is the, 
imperative, impassioned speech by Nog, totally emotional, yeah. tears running down his face, explaining to Vic uh, so why good. he doesn't want to leave the hollow suite. And it's, it, it's again, you get that, there's the sentence realisation, he is too scared. Something terrible has happened to him. He right. he was he was being brave. He's being courageous. He didn't want the war, but he was going to do his bit because he he knew he had something to contribute. And he never felt that he was in jeopardy, or never felt that he was in danger. And then something so terrible has happened to him, and he can't believe it's happened to him. And it just put a whole different spin on how he perceives his own life. If he can lose his leg, if he can be injured, he could die. And he didn't realise how close he was to his own mortality and how cl- what a fine line it is. And it, it's so difficult right. to watch him go through these emotions, but it's so important. He had to do it. It had to come out so he could say it out loud and then the people around him who cared about him could help him deal with it. Because a lot of what was going on was Nog being very introverted and very concerned, you know, not concerned. He was very introverted. He wasn't sharing the problem. People knew he had a problem. They knew there was an issue, but they didn't know exactly what it was. But as soon as he said it out loud and sort of admitted it to himself, Vic knew just what to say. I mean, Vic always knows just what to say. But Vic knew just what to say, to say, this, you know, this is bad. But this is also your life, right. and you may you may not survive outside. You may die, but you're still going to die in here. You'll just do it in a different way. Right. And you can't end up. You know, you, you can't stay in here watching your real life fade away. Right. That uh, idea that you just have to play the hand you're dealt. Exactly. You know? You've got to be in the game. Sometimes you yeah. win, sometimes you lose, but at least you're at the table. And right. Nog's speech is just it's so strong it's so good i mean it's the moment that makes that it makes that episode the episode's phenomenal from start to finish but that is just the powerful cap at the end of it it's brilliant yeah yeah, it's so brilliant and and just just him getting all that out of of, you know like like saying it out loud you know made it it made Mm -hmm. it able for him to to come out of the hollow suite then you know i'm not okay but i will be you know and and oh gosh and and okay so both these speeches are incredibly Mm -hmm. well written and powerful but they would not have the impact they would without aaron eisenberg who just acted his face off (laughs) within both of these scenes he's so he makes you believe that like that nog you, you can kind of like see yeah. Nog growing real time as he's going through these speeches, you know, like as, as he's saying, as he's, as he's finally letting out these feelings that he's been holding in, you know, and finally just letting him out. You can like see his, him, him becoming more mature yeah. and, and growing more. And, and it's just, Oh my gosh, he's such a good actor. This is why, though, this is why we think Nog is such a great character because it's not just about the fact that he's an alien and right. he's in all he's in our favorite Star Trek show. No. He is really well portrayed. He, right. The stuff that happens to him is happens really powerfully because it's powerfully portrayed. Right. And so, and they, yeah, and they wouldn't have been able to give Nog such such a big arc character arc like this if it wasn't no. 
and, and they, portray they wouldn't it so would they? Well, if they, if they don't like a character they don't like an actor they're not going to keep going back and writing for them right and he just wouldn't it just wouldn't have been as impactful too but but he just makes no. nog so so real so relatable so mm-hmm. uh, so everything so yeah. i have no idea what to do for my point uh, for the first time ever, I really feel like I don't want to choose because I. You know what? Let's not. Let's There's no rules. It. Yeah, let's just leave. There's it no rules. Way. They each get a point. They can each have a point. They- I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, those points up. One for hardest and one for paper moon because they're both yeah. so good. <laughs> they're both so good, and I'm not picking between the two. I don't want Fantastic. to. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> I love that. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. We're still tied. <laughs> right then. <laughs> Uh, it's your turn. It's your choice. You're going okay. to Okay. So our final category is the best Aaron Eisenberg acting choice. There are so many to pick from. There, there are so <laughs> many. I've gone really broad with this. Okay, so let's hear it. At the end of the episode, somebody asks, uh, Vic asks him, how do you feel? And he says, I feel older. And I really feel yeah. like all the way through this episode – you see a different version of Nog that you've seen previously. And you do see oh, that yeah. sort of, he obviously is wounded. He's obviously feeling like there's a physical problem he has to overcome. So you, first of all, you see that. You see the way he moves. You see the way he limps. You see the way he sits. You see the way he pulls his leg. Uh, right. And when he sits holding his cane, he has that real, he looks like he's 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 been through a lot and he is not in, he's not physically comfortable. Um. But also, you see him aged in his sort of his conversational style, his mannerisms. He can't enjoy talking to his friends. Something's holding him back. He can't yep. enjoy spending time with Jake. He can't enjoy seeing his family. He's not the the garrulous, you know, talkative, never shuts up person. You know, he is now quiet and introspective, and he's considering things which he's never thought of before. And you can see that in in the way he, you know, the way he looks. He looks tired. All the way through this episode, he looks tired. He moves in a slow fashion. He looks tired. And gradually, you have this wonderful montage in the middle. And you don't often see a montage in Star Trek. But they're they're playing a song. They're playing one of uh, Vic Fontaine's songs. They're, you know, he's got the old... (laughs) I'm not even sure what those machines are called, but they're tallying up the amount of profit the casino's generating. He's got the plans. It's a wonderful montage. And you can just see Nog moving a little bit from this sort of damaged character to somebody who's coming to terms with it. And after that montage, he's a little bit more light on his feet. He looks a bit happier. So my my best acting choice for Aaron Eisenberg is just how he portrayed the sort of the deep mental anguish he was going through physically so we could see him feeling it. And he when he loses it, you see him look different, which is great. And then at the very end in that speech, you know, literally crying, tears running down his face, he can really pour some emotion in. So I've ch- that's, a se- that's the second thing probably. But my choice <laughs> is how he portrays that sort of internal turmoil with his movements and his face and sort of, you know, the, the, the short, snappy way he speaks. Oh, it, it was so good. I, I'm very nebulous. So that one. Oh, I know mine's nebulous too. Well, okay. Before I do mine, I <laughs> I do have one like a real little teeny teeny detail mm-hmm. one. 
that I want to do. This isn't my choice because, okay. So when I, when I thought of this category, the, the moment I thought is actually in paper moon. <laughs> and I was like, Oh darn, that's like the, but okay. So there's this little thing that Aaron Eisenberg does with Nog and he does it a lot. Like he does it in, in a lot of different episodes. And one of them is paper moon. Uh, it, it doesn't have in heart of stone, but um, so whenever Nog is happy for someone, like whenever he hears news, like someone, somebody else's good, good news, he does this thing. Like he always, like Nog always laughs. Like he does his little ha ha. But when he's happy yeah. for someone, when he hears about someone else's good news, his eyes twinkle. He does a little twinkle, and his and his and his little uh, giggle gets gets bigger. Like ha ha, that's great. You know, like he gets this. Like that's great, and you can like feel the happiness he has for that character. You know, you can see it in this the twinkle in his eyes. And that 100% just has to be Aaron Eisenberg and how he is in real life. You know, because you can't just, you can't just make that, you can't just like, you can't act that. You no, know what no, I mean? No. <laughs> and he does it a lot. He does it, I, I've, I notice it all the time. It always makes me feel warm inside when I see it. And he does it. Um, that is really nice. That is such a nice It's spot. such a little, just a little detail that makes his character so, it makes me love his character even more. But he does it in Paper Moon when um, he finds out Rom gets, uh, got a promotion. You know, mm-hmm. and he and he's like, and he does that, ha You know, like that's great. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't even know what exactly he says, but he, but but whenever he hears somebody else's good news, he d- gets a little bit even more happy. Like he gets genuinely happy for somebody else, and just I love that about his character, and I love that, and I bet you anything, that's just how Aaron Eisenberg is. That is know? really wonderful. That's such oh, a nice, uh, a nice touch, oh, a nice this for my episode as well. I love so, that. So I can't use that. But what I pick, but I went really broad with mine too, because what I like in this one how is how he doesn't overact it at all. Like there's no, uh, and the particular scene I'm picking for this is the scene on the promenade with Cisco. He asks Cisco if 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 he's uh, if he has made a decision, and they're standing, you know, like the space, you know, the spot in the promenade, you know, where he, he and Jake always hang out and everything. And and Cisco's like, well, quite frankly, I'm mm-hmm. not. You know, I don't think you're Starfleet material is basically what, you know, they're talking about. And he could, you could, you could play that scene. You play that scene super duper angry, or you could play that scene like very whiny. You know what I mean? Like you could really overact your reaction when someone tells you that you're not going to get your dream that you, you know what I mean? But he doesn't do that the way he does it. He does it very, um, very measured reaction, like not defeat it, you know, not angry per se, not defeat it, not, you know, kind of like in the middle, like he's trying to like, like, I know I have a lot. You could like hear it, hear it in his voice. Like, I know I have a lot to overcome, but I want this so bad. That's because he's still playing it as a Ferengi because he's still in negotiation. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing has been established here. We haven't definitely made a decision. So I can still persuade you that this is the right move. And he still does. And I love the way he plays that because it's like, is it because I'm a Ferengi? You know, he could have said that line like accusatory, like, oh, you're prejudiced against Ferengi. But he, but he, he, he does, you know, he knows the answer. Yeah. He knows the answer. Yep. He knows that Cisco knows all his secrets. He's got no, no secrets from Cisco. Um, and the way he, I just, I, I really like the way he plays that scene because it makes it, um, you you, you, you kind of see. Yeah. I, I mean, he really does. He, he really is Starfleet material. Yeah, 
you know, yeah. and, and, and he, we just don't know it, it yet. It is good. You know? I do like it. Uh, <laughs> and I, 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 I love that. That scene love is that. great. That's the one where he gives him the handshake and Cisco does this. I mean, that is excellent acting on both of them because I really thought, I don't know how I would respond. If someone yes, puts their hand up yes. to me and I'm not going to shake their hand, you know, how you <laughs> respond to that is going to say a lot about your relationship going forward. But Cisco yeah. doesn't shake his hand, but he also looks like, I'm not shaking your hand and it's okay and you know why I'm not doing it. So let's just get on with stuff. And it, it was so well done. It was so well done. Um, okay, he's points, such a wonderful friend. Oh, points. Yes. <laughs> he is a wonderful friend. A, a magnificent Ferengi. A magnificent Ferengi, <laughs> of course. I am. I love him in that episode too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so good. He's the only one that knows what he's doing. Yeah, but that's because he's starting. He's trained <laughs> now. He has an element of training, which yes. none of the others have. <laughs> let's like, logically think this through. Let's decide what's going to happen. Let's let's not just be led by what's going on. Oh, let's control man. the scenario. And then he <laughs> and he rigs up that machine to weaken it, yeah. Bernie's. Yeah, I remember keep watching that and thinking, her. "Why are they doing this? It's crazy." So good. He's, he would walk. He walks into a so, bulkhead. So oh, I love yeah. it! Over and over again, he gets caught. Like, <laughs> and Nog and Nog is like, like whacking the side of, of his little remote <laughs> control, trying to get it to work. It's so fun! It's such a good comedy moment. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I love right. it. Points. Okay, so points. Um, what, are you, what are you thinking? I, I have to say, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Paper Moon. I do. I do think the whole, the whole thing. It wasn't just a, It wasn't just him being a friend. It was him being just so emotional and showing you that pain that he feels. It's a really strong acting moment, and you know that episode rightly regarded as one of the, you know, one of the best episodes of Star Trek, and that is down to his performance of Vic's performance. So I've got to give it to only a paper moon. Absolutely, that's where my points go into for this. It's just, I mean, you can't beat it, it. It really is a good episode. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, I love I it also, so much. I really enjoyed it. Okay, so we've got the final tally. Uh, Heart of Stone has four, and It's Only a Paper Moon has six. Which I'm, I'm I think that's re- I think that's reasonable. I think if Heart of Stone is yeah, 100% about Nog, we might be looking a bit more at even Stevens yes. on the scores. Yeah. but. Yeah, he, they managed to they managed to really put a lot into just that B plot, though. It's a really important it, it is, uh, it is plot big. line. And it relates it not is, at all to the, the main topic of like what's going on with with Odo and Kira. Right. But I like the fact that Heart of Stone relates to both the stories. The title relates to both. You know, the, the, both of them have hearts that require softening yeah. to some degree. So I really like that. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, wonderful yeah. to talk about these episodes. I, I'm sad that we're using this opportunity to do it, but what a what a great conversation! What a you know a great way to think about Aaron Eisenberg. What a wonderful actor, a wonderful character, and yeah, I'm really sad for the mm. reason that we're talking about it. But I, I'm really I really enjoyed revisiting these episodes, yeah. and revisiting Nog. Okay, if we are thinking about categories, we would have won. I think if we'd selected best Nog outfit, I would have definitely scored a point there. You Nog would have destroyed in that category, looks, no matter what he, he outfit. He wears like five outfits, and he looks absolutely amazing in every single one of them. 
But the, <laughs> he does. the standout for me is he's got those Frankie trousers with the frill running down the side or the, the fin. Mm-hmm. They look great. But you can't beat him wearing a tux. But the best one is when he's finished wearing the tux and he's just sat there with his shirt open and the bow tie around his neck. He looks amazing. Yeah, the bow tie yeah. untied look is so I definitely so would have scored a point. He looks so good. His best nog outfit. Yeah. Oh, you would have won hands down. The the tux that 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 that's one's my favorite too. When he's got the the tie untied. Uh, also, when he's he's just wearing that like that sweater, oh and they're God. just watching that sweater TV. Is horrible. Even like his, it, his loud, 60s lounge it looks so it's good. beautiful. <laughs> I know it's, it's amazing. And and even then, like uh, and throughout this whole episode, and even then, he's back in his uniform. Yeah. His Starfleet uniform at the very end. Which always looks sharp, but I I always really appreciate that they give him one of those um, Ferengi. I don't even know what you would call them, the Ferengi headpieces that the Ferengi yes. always wear, and that they Absolutely. and they match the they fabric, match yeah. but to the gray with the you know with the with the lines on the uniform, and it matches. His, his, I, I I appreciate one that they give him that because it seems like it's a you know like a cultural thing it's such an unusual piece of kit isn't it yeah but just that they 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 coordinate it and i love that it's so cool i love the idea that they have to think Uh, about that like you know yeah there's a piece of headwear and i can't even think of what you would call that because it's such an unusual yeah specific headpiece frangy loba Love warmer. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a the, well, the che- certainly cheekiest moment you'd have won Cheek- for going to cheekiest our moment. Cheekiest, yeah. <laughs> I need to purchase uh, an uh, an apprenticeship, and I'm asking you, just walking in Boulder's brass, chief right over- into us. Uh, Dogs here to see you. <laughs> probably a restricted, probably a restricted area, you know. And, yeah, and, and uh, like well, dogs Clark here. Has a coach, presumably. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. And Cisco's just like, um, send him in, I guess. Like that's weird, but okay. <laughs> but um, all right. Well, well, thanks for one hell of a game, Jen. It's been wonderful to speak to you. you we are going to be back with what, what's our regularly scheduled uh, programming. We'll be next, next will be, oh, Mass versus The Reckoning. Mass versus The Reckoning. Brilliant. <laughs> Both those episodes are outstanding. Please. <laughs> please. One of them please, is. <laughs> please send us your poems, ideas for categories, uh, or your opinions on Snaptrack. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you at Snaptrack. Aaron Eisenberg, this episode was for you. Yes, it, it was. It was uh, great talking about such a wonderful person and wonderful actor and a wonderful character. So, all right. All right. Until next time. Bye bye. So, how are you? Couldn't be better. Business is booming. We're making money hand over fist. I can hardly keep up with all the profits. Those are holographic profits, right? Uh, yeah. So, what's new with you? Well, Rom got a promotion. Maintenance engineer, first class. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations, Dad. Thanks. <laughs>